What's going on, everybody? The Texas swing of the Pro Tour is over with, and it's on to Nashville. Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I'm joined by Dalen and Peter. What's going on, fellas? Yeah, Dalen, uh, what's going on? I am aggressively overprepared for this episode. As always. Yeah, Dale and I actually switched roles this week, and he did all of the research, and I did I none of the research. actually know which tournament is this weekend. Do, do you know which tournament was two weeks ago? Yeah, Texas State. <laughs> is that right? Do, that, that is correct. Do you know who you predicted to win Texas State's? No, because I wasn't there. No, you were. Peter predicted it for me. No, that was, no, for, that was uh, the week before. That was the week before. Oh then no, absolutely not. Alright. I don't I don't I don't think we should count it then. It doesn't yeah. count. If you don't remember I get it, right? it doesn't count. I'm not telling you one way or the other. If you if you can find it in your memory to remember whether or not you got it right, then we'll count it. <laughs> I know who I picked for the uh women's. Who? I assume it was Sarah Hokum. Well, she didn't win, so I can tell you you didn't get that one. Hey, it was Ricky Wysocki. It was not Ricky Wysocki. No, it's always Ricky Wysocki. No, I texted you who won today. <laughs> Calvin Heimberg won. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> did I pick him? Yeah. yeah I'm a, she I'm did. a genius. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even remember who you like. You're finally joining the the club of the elite predictors over here. You don't even know it. <laughs> I know this is an audio medium, but I just shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> That's it. I'm taking my spot oh, back. I'm doing research right this now. This is this is this is gold. <laughs> Dalen can't be trusted. Uh, well, the other the other prediction. That you had for that that weekend. Oh, I remember this. Do you remember that one? Because it was almost literally perfect. <laughs> Can we yeah. just? I just want to lay out my prediction. I said, yeah, yeah, recap it. Devin would go minus twenty two in the tournament. Yeah, and Peter would go well, minus well, twenty eight. Plus plus twenty two. Oh I, I, I would love to go minus twenty two. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> I looked at. I was looking at pro scores a second ago, and it threw me off. No, plus twenty two, and Peter would go plus twenty eight. Yeah, and I would like I would like Peter to say his score first. <laughs> uh, plus thirty, I think it was plus twenty eight. Peter, no, I was sixteen and fourteen. It was plus thirty. Yeah, he did have a bad like the last ah. hole or two. Uh, I was plus twenty one, so you were pretty I close. Was only three strokes off overall. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. But the more impressive feat is that I did in fact beat Peter and. I just want to point out, we played four full rounds of disc golf together that weekend. The first night, playing Soxty blind, I shot four over, not knowing anything about that course. And Pete, what what did you do that night? I I got a plus 16 again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then in both rounds of the tournament, I beat him, score-wise. And then we went and played Splinter. And we tied. So we did tie. I shot an actually good round the next day on the back you know, line. Good yeah. news, Devin can't beat you if you don't play with him. 
No, I I'm need to... currently undefeated against Evan. You you so were I... you were beating me the one time we, yeah, played, we played, and then you the left. Two thirds of a course, <laughs> I was smoking you. <laughs> you were, but you left, so it doesn't count. Null and void. You know, my favorite <laughs> part about that course we played was that the Sammy. Yeah. Was all the times that I could just like chuck a destroyer on like this weird flex line, and it yeah. would work. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what you. I'm pretty sure that's what you chuck to park one of the holes I've never seen parked until I did it the four, other night. It was 14. It was that lad, that big one up the hill. Yeah, there was that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, back to the pro tour. We had an event two weeks ago. Uh, it feels weird taking a week off from from doing this. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. We should. Yeah. I wish I could say we shouldn't do it ever again, but I know I the mean, Pro Tour isn't every week. So. Yeah, that's the way it, that's the way it goes. We talk about stuff every week. We can. Which might not be topical or relevant or entertaining. These are all facts. <laughs> but to maybe, recap... Maybe, maybe we'll start filming videos and put them out instead on off weeks. We'll see. That is That is a goal that I would like to see happen once I make my way out there in just over three weeks. Uh, counting down the days. I got 24 more days and I'm out there. So, but just to recap, the Texas States event happened two weeks ago. Uh, as we established, Dalen was correct with his MPO prediction, even though he doesn't know that he was correct. Old Vinny Heimberg, <laughs> Vinny Heimberg winning with a <laughs> minus 33, just kind of steamrolling his way to a victory it really wasn't even close um anthony barilla in second at 27 under joel freeman tied at second 27 under james proctor in fourth at 26 under and alden harris rounding out the top five at 24 under Over... at least my mpo prediction made it in the top five that is true mine was awful i that <laughs> i mean I've, I've made i started off the season very good and then just, I've gone downhill every week since then. So when we get to our predictions for MCO, I am playing it safe this week because I need a win. <laughs> but over on the FBO side, uh, I think this was Sayonata's first uh, DGPT win, I think. Is that correct? Pete, I feel like you, you would know that it. More so than Dalen. Uh, I don't know why you think I would know that, but that sounds Be because correct. I know Dalen. That's why. Uh, I went to go look up her PDGA. She's not even playing the event this week. Yeah, she's ta she's taking like the next month off. But I'm well, fairly certain that was her first DGPT win. It was a Silver Series, but you know, let's not take any credit away from her. She had a fantastic tournament, uh, shooting twenty under. Kristen Tatar in second, naturally, at 17 under. Owen Scoggins in third, 16 under. Holland, Han Holland Hanley, which was my prediction, uh, came in fourth. I feel good about getting a top five there uh, at minus 15. And then tied in fifth was Katrina Allen and Jessica Weiss at 10 under. So I do feel good about predicting a, a top five uh, finisher in FPO. This was Sai Ananda's first. DGPT win. I mean, she looked very so. good in that win. Very good. So yeah, it's, it's a shame that she's. I mean, I'm. You need to take some time off. You need to take some time off. I'm hoping. Yeah. 
she'll keep making some noise maybe when she comes back, but yeah, uh, for now, I'm hopeful that it doesn't uh, kill any momentum that she had. Um, Because like I said, she looked very good at 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 Texas State's. Uh, It'd be nice to see that continue for her. I mean, looks like she has a lot of talent, um, and hopefully she she can keep up with the big dogs for the rest of the season. Do you guys remember anything specifically from Texas State's that you want to point out? It was two weeks ago at this point. Uh, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Calvin Heinberg did just kind of... He ran away with it, man. Ran away. It wasn't even close. I mean, I think maybe in the final round at the start, he might have had like a four-stroke lead or something. So maybe you know, someone gets hot, they can they can catch him. But it he all he had to do was just kind of cruise in the final round. It wasn't even wasn't even like he had to work for it. Does this bring up a a question of with Silver Series? with one of the top five in the world coming in and just blowing everybody else away. And I know like a lot of other pros played too, but should silver series just be reserved for people under a certain rating? No, that is actually, that is actually a good point. I feel like that was, that was originally the point of silver series was to kind of give like some lower level players, like a chance to shine and right. then the MP and like the major players just decided, well, these are events so, we can play. Why not play so them? If you want to win an event, you have to be better than everyone else playing at the event. Yeah, and and I will say that disc golf is the kind of sport that it is. I don't want to say random, but it is pretty wide open. Like even even in an event where you're facing Paul Macbeth or. Ricky Wysocki or Calvin Heimberg, like there is still a chance that you can take them down. Those guys are, you know, the top in the sport because they're fairly consistent. Um, But on any day, those guys could have a rough round. You shoot, you know, a great round, have a hot round, and you're going to be up there. So that's kind of the beauty of disc golf. But I do see your point. Um, it, It is nice to see like fresh faces. Um, yeah, but I but, agree that it's it's good to give people an opportunity to compete, but right. limiting who can compete is basically just a false win at that point. Like, I, I so agree. You won out of the people who aren't good enough to play at an elite series. I agree. And, t- and like to, to your point, Dalen, take a look at the FBO side of things. Sayananda took down Kristen Tatar. Like, yeah. Kristen Tatar is universally viewed as the best female disc golfer in the game currently. Katrina Allen has certainly been there. I would say Missy Gannon has probably been there as well. And the, I, Katrina was in the tournament. I don't remember if Missy Gannon played. I think she played it at um, at Texas State. I don't. I don't remember. But Katrina Allen, top five. Kristen Tatar, second. Like you beat both of them. You went out there and you did what you had to do. You were in the tournament against top top tier uh, competition, and you beat them. If you look at the tournament winners, it's not the same two, three guys. Like Bradley Williams won a tournament. Um, right. Other guy, Peter, you like him. I don't like him. I like Isaac him. Robinson. I like Isaac Robinson. Yeah, yeah somebody likes yes. him. I don't like him. I nothing against him, but it, I think we talked about this. If I could describe Isaac Robinson, it would be vanilla ice cream. Yes, yes, but yeah. but yeah. that again, yeah, that's that's a good point because you look at 
the Tour Championship last year. Isaac Robinson was a rookie up against Ricky Wysocki and almost beat him in a playoff. So, like, again... The disparity is already there. Like, is that the right, right. word? Uh, sure, we'll go with it. I'll allow it. But it's like, there's already competition. No one's running away with it. Literally any given Saturday-Sunday combo. Right, yeah. Right. Again, like, the only the only difference between a Isaac Robinson or... I'm trying to remember who the guy was that was... Uh, I think it was at, at the USDGC last year. Was it Jake Mon? Was that his name? Does that yeah, he's, he's like 17 years old. He almost, he almost won the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So you got guys like that that can get hot at certain times, and the only difference between those guys... And your Paul McBeth, your Ricky Wysocki's, is consistency. That's the only difference. Um, so, I, again, I don't dislike your your opinion, Pete, as far as what they should do. But I'm kind of with Dalen. Like, it's a tournament. Anybody can be there. And so, if, if, if McBeth happens to be playing, or Wysocki happens to be playing, or Heimberg in this case, you just got to go out there and do your business. Like, go out there and I... do your thing. I do dislike your suggestion. I I think it's I think it's weird to have them tiered that way if there's no like separation. I mean, I know there's like well, it's all points, about scoring, it's not about, differences and stuff. But why would we limit people for signing up for a tournament because they're too good? Well, I mean, it is technically you're not supposed to play, you know, MA3 if you're over a certain rating. You're not supposed to play MA2 if you're over a certain rating. So, like, to Peter's point, there is there is already a tier system in place. Not for tournaments. It's for brackets within the tournament. So you basically want to tell Correct. somebody, sure, yeah. you can't play this tournament because you're really talented. Right. So get out of here, loser. <laughs> Why would you limit your tournament's exposure? Right. If If Ricky and Paul are playing a tournament... That yeah. tournament's going to get coverage. It's going to be recorded. Yeah. People are going to watch You're it. You're going to have more spectators on the course. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, I think it's interesting where it was something that was kind of an unspoken rule and then just kind of became like, because it's the same thing. Like if Ricky Wysocki came and played like a C-tier tournament with us, like, yeah, technically those the MPO people playing in a C-tier should be able to compete with that. But also like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. Because it's a C-tier. He should be allowed to do that. He should be allowed to play whatever tournament he wants. Just like you can sign up and go plus 30. Yeah. He can sign up and go minus 30. I don't think that we should limit anyone from playing a tournament. Yeah, and and, and well, to to Peter's point, like I've seen tournaments around here. I don't I don't think I've played any necessarily these guys were at, but Isaac and Ezra Robinson, the brothers that uh, they're from like an hour from here. And so I've seen them in tournaments around here, and I want to say Ezra actually played one this weekend that he won, and his score was like minus 14. It was a one-round tournament. And the second-place guy was minus one. So it's like he didn't even have a shot. And and like it makes sense because Ezra's out playing Pro Tour events. Um, but it, it does... It is a little disheartening, I guess, for guys that aren't at that level to have people show up and, you know, smoke them. <laughs> they signed up for a tournament yeah. and they won. That's. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that, like, it should be an enforced rule. I just think it's interesting that 
it was something that was kind of unspoken forever. And then yeah, if you're the last couple years, it's just been like, oh, well, I'm Paul McBeth and I'm going to win this little rinky dink tournament in Arizona. So I know the the NBO, (laughs) the Myrtle Beach Open, like the people, there's a bunch of guys that are local who are really good. Yeah. And then Chris Dickerson and uh, Jake Mon show up. Yeah. They're allowed. It's a it's an A tier. They can play yeah. it if they want. And yeah, and you're not going to come in first, but you get to play with Chris Dickerson. True. I do think a lot of that is because they're trying to get MBO to become a to get it on the tour. So they're definitely encouraging pros to go to that one. Yeah, but I, I think I, everyone wants pros at their tournament, and limiting it would be absolutely ridiculous. I do think that there is something to like. What's the point of? disparaging between elite silver like why even separate the two if, scoring if for the tournament yeah but for the, but for again the... like if you're gonna allow like why why not just i mean I, like at that point all you're saying is hey ricky wysocki paul Macbeth, if you want to take a week off here's a week that you can do it because the points don't count as much but i don't know man like but- and also, if you want an extra, like, few possibly easy 30, 40 points, I don't know how the points right. work. Yes. But that is the flip side of it. Yeah, I just feel like there's not, there shouldn't be, just make them all elite events at that point. Like, just make the Pro Tour all the same um, outside of the majors. Or, so the, the a cap thing system is, like, I don't think is bad. I, personally disagree but <laughs> so if you can so people with like a nine a thousand rating like a 980 rating can yeah. sign up for an elite they can play yeah. in the elite series yeah they can yeah they know they're not gonna win well they could though right so what's to stop somebody from beating ricky at a, a silver series True. nothing technically True. it's more so because typically silver series are like the smaller or easier courses of that's the, not true. Did you? Uh, I mean, uh, they are every, so maybe they're not a nine hundred foot ball golf hole right, course. Yeah, but they're still challenging courses. That is true. Yeah, well, challenging for us. Yeah, Peter, I've seen you play. Most courses are challenging for you. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> well, so we clearly just disagree on this. But I'm personally correct. No, I I see your points too. Again, I just I feel like disc golf has kind of a balance problem because I don't know how it is in the tournaments you sign up in, so, in Georgia. No, but there's no here. such thing as a balance problem in an individual sport. This is individual people competing at individual tournaments to win. There's no such thing as a balance problem. If you're the best, that means you're better than everyone else. It's true. It's an individual sport. They don't stop people from competing in track tournaments because that guy's too fast. That's ridiculous. No, but there's also technically nothing stopping like somebody who's way above like we play in MA3, which is in Myrtle Beach, like kind of the lowest, technically the second lowest like bracket. Right. But technically there's nothing stopping a guy who's rated. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about MA3, MA2. There could be Limits on ratings on that, that's well, fine. Well, no. But limiting a tournament hold, is not fine. Hold, yeah, hold, but the, hold on. Pete. The tournaments have different there, ratings, though. There is. Like, if you're if you're 1,000 rated, you cannot play MA3. 
If you're if you're playing a PDGA sanctioned tournament, you yeah, cannot play you you cannot play yeah. MA three. If you're I I don't know. I feel like uh I mean, so so I will I will say there are tournament directors that don't do a good job of enforcing that. Um but if you are over so MA3's cutoff, I believe, is 850. If you're over or wait, that's uh that's MA4, sorry. MA3, uh, I don't remember what it is. But MA4, because that's what I know best. If you're over 850, you cannot register for MA4. You are you are MA3. Um and so like again, it, it it's TDs that, that aren't enforcing it, but that's the way it's supposed to be at sanctioned PDGA tournaments. Yeah, I don't know. That's never been my experience. They've used it more as a guideline than not as like Yeah. And some as some definitely do. Well, I don't have a problem with limiting who plays in what division. But right. saying someone can't play in the open division is where I, what I have a problem with. Yeah, and that's I I think that's fair. I just if if that's going to be the case to me, I don't see the point in calling them different different type of events like if it's an elite event if you're going to be on the pro tour like just make them all elite events well i think put a minimum rating on the elite events that's okay i i like that idea a lot more to where like you can't just be you know any kind of 950 rated guy you've got to be the top tier i like i like that more so give give the lower rated guys a spot on Silver Series to where they can go out and show what they've got at, on the Pro Tour. But you've got to be above a certain rating to be at at elites. I I'm on board Which with that. I think I think that's the point. Personally, Probably. is those are the, that's the showcase. That's the best of the best. Yeah, I like I like that idea. Telling someone they're too good to compete is just dumb. Yeah, I agree. It's just dumb, Peter. Dumb. <laughs> I think just in my head, I Peter I, just I, wants uh, to win a tournament on. someday. <laughs> no, I just in my head when you kind of tear it like that, it feels like Silver Series should be like a minor league, and you know you don't see like uh, it's not a team like sport. <laughs> what do you mean a minor league for? Are you trying to make it to a better team? <laughs> what team, Peter? <laughs> well, speaking speaking of points, because I feel like I feel like we're gonna kind of agree to disagree on this, uh, but I want to give the points update for uh, the current tour standings. Uh, and the MPO, obviously up at the top, is still Calvin Heimberg because he's been absolutely crushing it this season. Uh, in second. Kyle Klein in third is Ezra Aderhold, who's still holding on to a top five spot. It's a little, little surprising from him. Paul, Paul McBeth. I feel, I feel like Ezra is just like cruising along in that third spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I has he won anything? Uh, no. I don't At believe not. so. <laughs> not, bef- not since the season started. I think he won. I, I want to say he won one of the wraparound events, but I don't think he's won any of the any of the events since the official season started. But he's also he's been consistent, man. Like he's been he's, he's obviously having success. Yeah. I'm not talking bad about him, but yeah. it's incredible how he's just he's chugging along. He's he's getting the top five, whatever, like finish, and yeah. he's just keeping those points up there. Yeah, because um, he's allowed to play Silver Series. <laughs> 
Are you looking it up right now, Pete? Yeah. So real quick, his MPO, like since the season started, he finished second at Vegas. He finished 72nd at Waco. So I don't know how he's still up there with that performance. But then also sixth at the Open and sixth at uh, Texas State. Yeah. Um, yeah. Career wins. It's a, so- yeah, it's a, solid, it's a solid season. No, he yeah, hasn't. Cranking out a bunch of top tens. Mm-hmm. No big deal. The uh, last tournament he won was November of 2020, the Open at Belt. Okay. And the which was an A tier. That's actually a wow. surprising stat. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's considered, he's like, he's very good. He's considered really successful. And he's won once in the past two, three years. Yeah. Just to, just to round out the top five, I do have a point I want to make, but just to round out the top five, Paul McBeth is in fourth, and James Proctor, who is another surprise this season, is sitting in the fifth spot. Um, but, Pete, to, to your point earlier about putting a cap on uh, rating for Silver Series, is Ezra Aderhold the kind of guy that you would think is perfectly fine to play Silver Series? Uh, he's going to say no because he's incredibly stubborn. <laughs> From if I wasn't looking at any stats or anything right now, like if it was just like the feel of the level that he's at because right. he hasn't yeah. won in so long, yeah, I would say yes. But he is also currently rated at ten twenty nine. So that where, like so that was going to be my point. So okay, so let's let's go down a little bit. Um. James James Proctor and Nathan Queen are those are those guys that should be playing Silver Series that should be allowed to. I'm not looking at their stats. Yeah. I want to say yes. Okay. I don't know what their ratings are. Keep, keep okay. poking the holes. Keep poking the holes. Okay. So James Proctor and Nathan Queen are both rated at 1021, and the difference between James Proctor and Nathan Queen and Let's say Kevin Jones is 12 points, 12 points in rating. Kevin Jones is rated 10. Well, I just had it and then I passed it. Kevin Jones is rated 1033 and Nathan Queen and James Proctor rated 1021. So so what would would be your cap? Uh, yeah, where what is this artificial line you would like to draw? Yeah. Well, since you since you asked, uh, <laughs> I just like I uh, feel ten twenty one. So you say ten twenty one. So you literally eliminate. Let's see. Literally the exact spot that I pointed to. <laughs> So it's okay for like all these guys who are. So you don't think that Evan Smith should be allowed to play a silver series? I don't know who Evan Smith is, or or Brody Smith at that. Fa- like Matt, Brody, Brody Matt Smith Bell? has been fine, but he's not. He's not on Paul McBeth's level. Mason Ford. Mason Ford should be kept out of silver series. <laughs> I mean, Isaac Robinson is another one that is. He's ten thirty two rated. 
Just admit the bad uh, take, Peter. Just, just admit <laughs> it for once. You want you want Albert Tam to have to only play Elite Series. <laughs> who? I don't even know who this is. Benjamin Calloway, only Elite Series, no Silver Series for him. <laughs> what about? How do you feel about Kyle Crabtree? <laughs> this is very good. He's a very good player. <laughs> Hold on, Paul Peter. O- Peter, Paul Oman? I want you, I want you to be. 100% honest with me right now. Have you ever heard that man's name before literally five seconds ago when Dalen said hold it? On, Paul, hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> so Kyle Crabtree can't play the Silver Series, but Jeremy Colling, no big deal? Right, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's, that's a good one. Can we, can we take, Peter, I, I need you to do something big, brave, and strong for me for, for, for the first time ever, okay? You can do this. Are you ready? Will you take the L? <laughs> So what it happened was, just can you can you can you Luke Humphreys can play a silver series, but but Kyle Kyle Crabtree cannot. Yeah, yeah. Paul Ulibarri silver series fine. Kyle Crabtree absolutely not. Yeah, Peter, I'm gonna need you this one time to graciously accept. This L that we are presenting to. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to go this long. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I got one more. I got one more. Austin Hannum. He can play Silver yeah. Series. It's yeah. It's, it's your but it's your Crabtree cannot. It's your point that you made, Pete. We're just I, <laughs> Yeah, I brought something up from the Texas State Championships. I didn't realize it was gonna turn into a whole fight. And you just accept it? You know I can't back down, Dalen. I can't do it. Will you please? You 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 actually you actually physically can. No, I cannot. (laughs) You know what? Just for that, I'm uh I'm saying the line now is at uh 1006. That's the new line. Oh, so now all of hundreds of people can play in Silver Series. Hundreds of people. You're just you're turning you're turning silver series into eight tiers. That's what you're doing. Six, just to clarify, a thousand and six is on the ninth page of PPG ratings. Ninth. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Pete! Keep just, asking about it. It's going to go lower. Just take take the loss, man. Clearly, I am the head of the Pro Tour and. I'm holding it hostage until you guys. I just want all of our several, many podcast listeners to understand that this is what I deal with every day. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, listen, Dalen, I was in a band with this guy. I I get it. I understand. You're welcome for the content, is all I'm going to (laughs) say. And he still has not accepted. (laughs) He never will. He never never will. All right, so I would just like to make a formal apology to Kyle Crabtree. I'm sure (laughs) that you're a great player. I don't know you personally. I'm not sure. I don't even know who you are. I've never heard your name before. But that's a personal problem of mine, and I apologize for using you for a joke. Using using him as a pawn in your game. (laughs) 
Uh, well, to, to finish recapping my points update that has now been scattered all over the place. Uh, on... Quick pause. Is he active? <laughs> He's played three tournaments this year. Yes, he is. Not any... Uh... Turn, not, not any uh so he's played no elite series but he's still too highly rated to play a silver series yeah he didn't play any silver series either mm-hmm. so yeah see he did the right thing and stayed out of it <laughs> thank you Kyle Crabtree Devin I have a I would like to request that you move us along I'm trying to <laughs> I'm gonna interrupt it again <laughs> on the FPO side for the uh points standings in first Locking it down is Katrina Allen. Second, which I, I think this has been a little bit of a surprise, is Jessica Weiss. She's had a very surprisingly good season thus far. Uh, in third, Missy Gannon. Fourth, your favorite, Daylon Sarah Hokum. And fifth is Ella Hansen. Oh, she's our favorite. Friend of the pod, man. Sure, we'll go with that. Don't be disrespecting Sarah Hokum over here. Well, believe it or not, fellas, there is a Elite Series event happening this weekend out in Nashville. The Music City Open, it's here. How do we feel about it? Pete, I know you were catching up on last year's coverage earlier. What are your thoughts? on? Uh, it's, it's supposed to be relatively the same course. Yeah. it's Yeah, they might have made some changes, but it's still at, I think it's called yeah. Mill Ridge. Yeah. Uh, something like that in Nashville. Um, it's very open. There's like maybe at least from what I saw, like three or four holes that have some like technical wood shots. Yeah. But it's just very open, not even ball golf, just very open park. Not a lot of hazards or OB to speak of. It's just uh, how accurately can you throw it really far? Um, yep. Not the favorite court, not the favorite course on the pro series. Like there's a lot of kind of just bland holes, but. Um, hopefully still get some, I think we're going to see some distant shots for sure here. So, yeah, that was kind of my problem with it too. I, I also was uh, taking a look back at last year's event, um, over the last couple of days. And I just feel like with the music city open, there's nothing super memorable about the course, which is a shame. Like, I feel like if you're going to be an elite level, um, tournament, like, you should have some iconic holes. Uh, we before the pod, me and me and Pete were talking, and, and we brought up Waco. Like Waco has some iconic holes. You look at seventeen and, and eighteen there, and I believe it's hole seven um, that Gannon Burr always has a ridiculous shot on to put him in, in eagle contention. Um, I believe that's that's the hole. You if you if you watch Waco, you probably know which one I'm trying to talk about, uh, but. Like, MCO just doesn't have that. Uh, and, and it is unfortunate. Like, I feel like it, it makes for forgettable performances. Like, I felt the same way about, about Texas States, which, you know, Texas States is a Silver Series event. So, you know, may, maybe that's that's justified. But I didn't think there was anything super special about that course when watching it. Um, and, and similarly, LVC and the Open. But those are also ball golf courses. And I feel that way about ball golf courses all the time. Um, but this is kind of traditional park, but you know, with some added extra distance and there's just, I don't know. I feel like something is missing from like making me as a fan want to watch the event even more. Yeah. And maybe they made some changes and that's why it got upgraded. It was a silver series last year. 
um, upgraded to an Elite Series this year, although it was an Elite Series also two years ago. Yeah. If I remember correctly, so. Um, so would you say know. this quantifies as a hard enough course to be an elite series for you? <laughs> Honestly, they probably should have just kept the silver series, but believe it or not, I'm not actually in charge of the disc golf pro tour, so I don't get to make that decision. I I do have to say I wouldn't be surprised um, if next year, because so just to jump ahead a little bit in the schedule next weekend. Um, is the Blue Ridge Championship, which is up at North Cove in Marion, North Carolina. And uh, I would say about a month after I started playing disc golf, I saw that course on U-Disc, and I immediately said, I 1,000% need to make a vacation to go play this course um, because it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And I still have not done it, and I really want to, um, but I would not be surprised if that event goes very well because it's the, this is the first year um, of it being on the pro tour. If that event goes very well and there's you know ample room for parking, spectators, all of that, because I know that's a factor in, in elite series as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes an elite series and something like the Music City Open maybe gets bumped back down to a silver series, just because I think that course. I've watched a handful of tournaments from there. I believe the uh, I want to say the the college championships last season were at that course. And it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. So I'm very much excited for that event next week. Um, but MCO, eh, take it or leave it. Yeah. Is how far is that from, from us, Marion, North Carolina? So Marion is about three and a half hours from me. Um, I contemplated going to the Blue Ridge championship and just didn't, didn't get everything planned in time. Cause finding, hotels up there is very difficult um but it's probably about it's an hour and some change outside of Asheville. yeah so it's a solid three and a half four oh four and a half actually yeah but it would it would 1000 percent be worth uh taking a trip because there's three courses there in varying difficulty and they all look spectacular uh Asheville has one of the coolest courses i've ever played richmond hill okay Richmond Hills, sorry. That was so fun. Um, all wooded, mountainous elevation changes. It was great. Yeah. That's what. So that's what North Cove looks like. There's a bunch of a bunch of uh, uh, mountainous terrain, a lot of elevation. Like it looks, it looks very, very beautiful. Playing playing Richmond Hills very different than playing in Myrtle Beach because hills <laughs> are hard to walk on. <laughs> I I can attest to this. We'll have to plan a uh, a putt stuff uh, tour. Listen and go up there. You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta convince me. I'm already <laughs> on board with that idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I just don't want to drive. <laughs> I I will willingly drive for for that trip. Look at that. All right, it's scheduled. <laughs> Done. Uh, all right, yeah. so let's let's jump into some predictions, then, shall we, fellas? I'm ready to go. I'm going first. All right. Let's let's hit it, Dalen. Who you got? MPO. MPO. I mean, this is the stupid easy choice. There's no doubt in my mind that this is the right choice. Tennessee. Who's it going to be? Uh, you're, you're gonna you're gonna just take my pick off from underneath me. That's, yeah, what, that's it, what you're gonna do. Who, what was your pick going to be? The the man who owns the Music City Open. Let's just drop it. Let me tell you <laughs> if it was mine or not. It's obviously Chris Dickerson. That's yeah. That, it's Chris yeah. Dickerson. Yeah. He's he's winning. He wins. He's won it what four times, five times, four uh, times. I least. have I have the stats pulled up over here because uh, 
Pro Tour dropped him on Facebook earlier. Uh, in 2017, he placed first with a nine-stroke lead over, over second place. 2018, he placed first in a playoff. 2019, he placed first, eight strokes better than second. 2020, he placed second, one stroke behind first place. 2021, he tied for fourth, which was two strokes behind first. And last year, he won the event three strokes better than second place. This That's man... It absolutely owns the music city open if ricky wysocki owns texas states chris dickerson owns uh the music city open and that's a hundred percent why i'm picking him as well uh so that's two picking chris dickerson peter do you want to pick someone else <laughs> uh, yes uh because i can't back down um <laughs> i will at least we're I making will... him face the truth and I, I will say, Dickerson's only played two events so far this year, and not great. Um, I, okay, but it's Chris Dickerson. Right. That's the, way, I, that's the way I feel about it. I'm debating because I have two people in my mind right now. And I'm still debating because Chris Dickerson, who I was thinking of first also. But now I'm not going <laughs> to follow the train here. Um, I'm debating if I want to go with the safer pick or the riskier pick. Well, the safest pick is Dickerson. Well, besides that, just just an update, Dalen. He's finished top twenty-five at both events, so not great by his standards, but certainly not bad in the grand scheme of He's things. Screw it, yeah, screw it, fuck it. Let's get crazy. <laughs> Let's get spicy. Is that the first f bomb? No, we no, did it last no, time. we dropped it last time. Yeah, give me that e for explicit baby, and give me that e for Ezra Aderhold. Okay. Never hasn't won since twenty twenty. Okay, yes. but but he, he was he looked very good at last year's event. He's been he hasn't won an event since twenty twenty, but he's been there a lot, and he was he, on the lead card and very close to winning last year at this event. And he's probably going to look back at this last year and be like, "I can do this better. I can play is, this first better." He is very good. I'm yeah, not he hating is. on him. He is. I'm getting with the spicy pick today on the MPO side. Ezra Aderhold, can like he get that that man that they just pulled off a lacrosse field and gave discs to? I mean that that's that's an accurate <laughs> description of him. <laughs> he looks like he could bear hug anyone and break their spine. Bro, like, he would pummel you to death while trying to give you a hug. Yeah, man looks like he lives in the gym. Like when he's not playing disc golf, he's just in the gym, just just crushing weights all day. There is literally, I was watching coverage from last year, and it's like Ezra Adelhold 50% off the tee, and it's Obi Long. <laughs> like, <laughs> just strength for days. All right, Dalen, I'm coming to you first for FPO as well. Allow me to center myself. <laughs> Give me your FPO. I have a sneaky suspicion <clears throat> as to who it will be, but maybe you'll surprise me. I mean, I'm already surprised with his MPO pick, so. <laughs> it's because I did research, Peter. No, what, what it is, what it is, is Dalen finally got one right, and he said, oh, maybe I should actually start trying in maybe these things. I try, <laughs> instead of picking a name that I like, <laughs> I might get some right. Anyways, but, so yeah, I did some research here, and I... Really dove into it and looked at the FPO results and scores and Sarah Hookum. 
good friend of the pod, Sarah Hokum. Checks out. My, Checks out. my personal hero, Sarah Hokum, <laughs> is going to win Music City Open FPO if she's even playing. She's registered. She's registered. Yeah, look at that. All right. Yeah, I'm, I got this in yeah. the bag. All right. Two MPO FPO locked. <laughs> Who you got, Pete? Uh, I'm going with someone who took off of Texas States. She's took it, so took an extra week off. Mm. Feel like his itching for a win has been very close all season. I think it is her time as she is also pretty good at distance. I'm going with my also my points winner for the season, but give me another E for Ella Hansen. I like it. That's smart, honestly. I like it. Yeah. I mean, again, she's she's had a very good season thus far, um, but just hasn't been able to to get that win. So I like it. Um, she's great. I'm going with another person that's had a surprisingly uh, good season, and that is Jessica Weiss. Um, she's finished. Let's see. She has three top ten finishes so far this year. Um, two of those top five. Uh, she has had two top 10 finishes at this event. Um, so I feel good about it. I feel like she she should know that course. Um, and like I said, she's she's got that momentum going thus far this season. So that's kind of my risky pick. Uh, Dickerson is obviously the safest pick in MPO. And, you know, let's get a little crazy with the FPO. And when we are wrong next week, Peter can rub it in our faces. But But if we're right... Then we can both gang up on him. That's right. That's right. And we, you know, listen, we need some wins because Pete is currently beating us because he had the double prediction at uh, at Waco. Was that Waco or Open? The Open. The yeah, open, it open. Yeah. yeah. With Burr and Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm smarter than you guys, so. Well, let's let's slow down. Okay, Mister <laughs> Series. Hey, you bring it up again. I'm going to lower the rating. <laughs> Give me more ammunition. Do it. Before this goes there, I'm going to pull the plug and say, hey, we got a tournament coming up this weekend, Music City. Regardless of my personal opinions on the course, it should still be a fun time uh, because disc golf is always a fun time. So, I mean, unless you're Pete and then you're just hitting every tree out there. <laughs> but we very much appreciate you tuning in and listening to us uh, in whatever format you're doing. So thank you. Keep doing it. Uh, we hope. If you want to follow we, us. We're also sorry that you have to listen to Pete. Uh, that that is That is actually a genuine apology from that man that is heartfelt, <laughs> and I share the sentiment. Uh, but... We do have some socials. Uh, biggest one is Instagram. Come follow us over there at PuttStuffPod. Uh, Facebook is the same way. Facebook.com slash PuttStuffPod. And as always, I'm going to plug the Booth Review Discord. Come hop into there. Get the get the disc golf discussion going. Um, that's where the party is for sports talk all the time. Uh, we can we'll- also argue about um, wide receiver draft classes. Yep. Where Peter's also wrong. Also wrong. If you want to see all of the hot takes, that's the place to find them, uh, is in the Booth Review Discord server. So come hop in over there, have some fun with us. Uh, but as always, appreciate it. We love you. And uh, we'll be back next week for the 
Blue Ridge Championship. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been waiting the whole time. <laughs>